Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. A man's life is at stake. I'm just saying it's possible. And I say it's not possible. I want you to watch this because I don't want to have to do it again. I'll make myself about six or seven inches shorter, okay? It's about right. Maybe a little more. Okay, a little more. People. I mean, all these picky little points you keep bringing up, they don't mean nothing. You are going to try a man for murder. The awesome power to kill will suddenly be thrust into your hands. Watch them and pray, for someday you may become one of them. Twelve men with the smell of violent death in their nostrils. What's the matter with you guys? You're letting them slip through our fingers. Slip through our fingers. Are you his executioner? You cut it. Ever since you walked into this room, you've been acting like a self-appointed public avenger. Shut up. You're a sadist. Twelve men turned into twelve clawing animals. Kill him, Kill him. Alright guys, welcome back. We're back at full strength. Both team of the dynamic duo is here today. Terrence is feeling much better, although I can't say he looks much better. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome to episode 26, The Tragedy of Cinema. I'm your host, Jimbo, and back from near-death experience, Terrence. Terrence. So, a lot has happened since the last time we talked. 
Um, Terrence actually watched a movie that we're covering for once. <laughs> but uh, we a lot better about it. We will be dis- uh, discussing 12 Angry Men. And this movie, I told you, Terrence, what once you watched it, you would love it. So, But before we get into that, let's go ahead and uh, throw Terrence a little question, getting back into the uh, swing of things. And if you hear some crickets, there is a crickets having some good time this morning here in the recording studio. So pay no attention. It's not just Terrence's comedy <laughs> that the crickets are coming out. So Terrence, the question for the day is, Terrence, what do you think are some of the best courtroom drama movies courtroom of all time? Courtroom drama movies. Whew. Okay. Um, this one, obviously. Right? <laughs> uh, I would say... Well, let's speak that. Where does this fall in your your courtroom drama movies? I mean, because you had never seen it before. I haven't until until I watched it yesterday. Uh, But like when I think about it, I'd have to I'd have to have my memory jogged of just courtroom dramas because they're so far in between. When you think about it, so I'm just thinking of movies that mainly take place in a courtroom. I want to say it was was it the firm John Grisham. I mean, yeah, but I think that was only a little part of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Like most movies with a courtroom scene is just part of uh, just a small part of you know the whole movie the only thing um, i can really think of is night court you know the tv show night court oh yeah right. i mean but that's not really a movie so i mean really i would i would have to say this one because obviously none of the other ones were memorable enough for me to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to maybe jury duty with Polly shore <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so uh yeah it's good to be back uh, once again uh terrence wanted to give us thanks to natalie knight for our um podcast art because he wasn't here the yeah, other night another shout out to uh, natalie knight the artwork is great um and i highly recommend her to anybody who wants artwork done and i told for, her right yeah for anything exactly. yeah and i told her i said um we're gonna have you back on here because the audio quality wasn't exactly the perfect because all she had was the microphone through her laptop so it was yeah. kind of kind of wonky at times so natalie we'll get a hold of you and try to work that out and get something better out for you to get on here so terrence Welcome back to Back in the Hot Seat. Let's go ahead and take it away. The 12 Angry Men. Fantastic. All right. 12 Angry Men. Release date, April 10th, 1957. Budget, 3,000... Sorry. <laughs> 350,000. He's already back in rare form. Looks like you never left. But, uh, but only... Three hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah. for the budget. Uh, uh, fantastic for what they did with this. Exactly, movie. Uh, and I imagine the reason why it was on the lower spectrum uh, is because it was. There's really only three different uh, uh, areas that they filmed, and right? And one of them, they're in one there. of them, is for the majority of the movie, and the other two consist of like three minutes and some odd seconds, right? Uh, so, gross USA. So, what they made back was uh, four. <clears throat> Excuse me, four million three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. Lots of money made back from the movie. Uh, directed by Sidney Lumet. Is it Lumet or Lumet? Whatever you go with, bud. Let's go with Lumet. <laughs> <laughs> Writing: Reginald Rose. Story and screenplay. Uh, technical aspects of this movie is runtime one hour and 36 minutes, 96 minutes. So it's a nice movie you can squeeze in when you're strapped for time, like I was yesterday. <laughs> uh, sound mix, mono, uh, color, black and white. So back in the black and white movies we are. Aspect ratio, 
sorry, 1.85 by 1. I'm so off today. More than <laughs> I was going to say, how is that any different? Uh, and then 1.66 by 1. Uh, film length, 2,625.65 meters. Negative format, 35 millimeters. Cinematographic process, spherical. Printed format, 35 millimeters. And now for my favorite part, as always, the awards. Academy Awards, USA, 1958. Nominee Oscar for Best Picture, Henry Fonda, Reginald Rose. Nominee Oscar for Best Director, Sidney Lumet. Best Writing Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium, Reginald Rose. Golden Globes, USA, 1958. Nominee Golden Globe Best Motion Picture for a Drama. Uh, Nominee Best Actor, Drama, Henry Fonda. Nominee Best Supporting Actor, uh, Lee J. Cobb. Man, that guy is fantastic in this movie. Yes. Uh, we'll get to everybody it, but, is, but uh, yeah, man, that guy absolutely. stands out. He really does. Uh, nominee for best director, Sidney Lumet. Uh, the BAFTA Awards, nineteen fifty-eight winner, BAFTA Film Award, best foreign director, Henry Fonda, USA. Uh, nominee BAFTA Film Award, best film from any source, USA. Berlin International Film Festival, nineteen fifty-seven. Winner, Golden Globe, the Berlin Bear. That's an interesting award, right? <laughs> we always like those weird ones. The Berlin Bear. All right. Uh, Sydney Lumet, winner, uh, OCIC Award, Sydney Lumet. I have to look up what OCIC is. <laughs> uh, Blue Ribbon Awards, 1960. Winner, Blue Ribbon Award, Best Foreign Language Film, Sydney Lumet. Um, Bodil Awards. That just sounded funky, right? So I kept it in there. 1960. Winner, Boldill. Best American Film. Uh, that's a language I'm not even going to attempt right there. Uh, Sidney Lumet, director. <laughs> All right. Um, ooh. Uh, a French award. <laughs> uh, Sahar's the cinema, right? Um, 1957. If anybody speaks French, they're like, oh, God, you're butchering my language. I know. That's why I don't even try French. It's, I, I'm very terrible they're at it. They're probably like, it's Lumet. Lumet is the actor, not Lumet. <laughs> uh, nominee, top 10 film award, best film, Sydney Lumet, 10th place. Right at the cutoff, right? Uh, Directors Guild of America, USA, 1958. Nominee, DGA Award. Outstanding Directional Achievement in Motion Pictures, Sydney Lumet. Edgar Allan Poe Awards, 1958. Winner of the Edgar Motion Picture, Reginald Rose. Italian National Syndicate of Film Journalist, 1958. Interesting name for a you know, group of journalists. It's a syndicate of journalists. <laughs> Sounds like an evil superhero. I know, right? <laughs> like, like, a, like an old cheeky uh, superheroes, like, like the golden age of comics, where all superheroes were just like some weird, crazy thing. Like uh, Captain Boomerang had the boomerangs on his, on yeah. his suit, just something <laughs> like silly like that. The syndicate of journalists. Anyway, winner, Silver Ribbon, Best Foreign Film, uh, Miglior Film, Stranigio. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. My Italian's terrible too, by the way. Uh, is there any you know what? Your English isn't the best either. <laughs> National Board of Review, USA, 1957, winner, NBR Award, top ten films. National Film Preservation Board, USA, 2007, winner, National Film Registry. New York Film Critics Circle Awards, 1957, nominated for NYFCC Award for Best Film. Uh, best directors and Illumit. Online Film and Television Association, 2008. Winner, 
the OFTA Film Hall of Fame Motion Picture, and finally, the PGA Awards in 1997. Winner, PGA Hall of Fame Motion Pictures, Writers Guild of America. Oh, there's one more. Writers Guild of America, 1958. Uh, winner of the WGA Awards Screen, Best Written American Drama, Reginald Rose. I didn't know any of them even played golf, but they won the PGA Awards. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did when they were offset. <laughs> All right, the synopsis. Short and sweet, but I mean, it, it, it sums up the, uh, the movie that's, pretty nice. That's all you right? can really. <laughs> One juror holds out and asks the other 11 jurors to reconsider the evidence so they don't wrongfully convict an innocent man based on the evidence or lack thereof. Right, and, and uh, man is used loosely because it's, it's a kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, if, you, if you will. So let's go ahead and jump into the cast. Um, what I did is I, uh, we, we did these by jurors. Okay, okay. Yeah, juror number, yeah. So juror number one. He was the uh, the jury foreman, and he was also you find out that he was an assistant high school f- American football coach. Yep. It was played by Martin Balsam, juror number two, a meek and unpreten- unpretentious bank worker who was at first dominated by others, was by John Fiedler. Juror number three, yeah, the man, the and he's the main bad guy, if you will, the antagonist yeah. and the if, most if passionate there was an antagonist, and the most yeah. passionate of guilty verdict throughout <laughs> the entire film till the very end. Up till the very end, uh, and he owns a messenger service, as you find out. It was a uh, L or sorry Lee J Cobb, and man, I really like him. Um, juror number four, he was a rational, unflappable, self-assured, and analytical stockbroker. Was played by E. G. Marshall, Jack Klugman. He was juror number five. He grew up in a violent slum, and he doesn't take kindly to insults about his upbringing. So uh, that plays a role in this movie, too. Uh, Juror six, he was a house painter, and that was Edward Benz. Uh, Juror seven was a Yankees fan, and he was a a wisecracking salesman. (laughs) It was Jack Warden. Joking the whole time. Right. And he had tickets to the game that night. The Yankees versus Cleveland. Uh, Juror number eight, and probably the main... um, uh, what do you say? Protagonist. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and he was an architect. He was the only one that when they sat down to take the initial vote to vote guilty, not guilty, he votes yep. not guilty. Uh, and openly, he questions everybody's um, about the clear evidence that they think they see. Yeah. Uh, but Henry Fonda, man. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and his jur- character just so calm, cool, collected <sighs> throughout the whole thing. The whole thing. I mean... Because everybody eventually hits kind of like a point, and then he's just like, "Let's just." It just always has a yeah. He's like, "That's all we're doing is just talking." (laughs) We're just talking. Um, Juror number nine. uh, He's one of the only ones that they name is McCardle. Uh, He was an observant senior. Is Joseph Sweeney? That's right. Yeah, Uh, I I liked his character too. Yeah, like an interesting older man. Yep. Jared Tin, he was a pushy, loudmouthed, uh, bigoted garage owner, Ed Beagley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good, too. Uh, Jared Eleven, he was a European watchmaker and naturalized American citizen who demonstrates strong patriotism, was George Vaskovic. It was very good. And Robert Weber, he was juror number 12. He was easily distracted and he was indecisive advertising <laughs> executive. Because oh, he said yeah. they're doodling, you know. He's, oh, yeah. He was like, this, this is my new advertising. This is what cereal. I just did. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, I've seen that, you know. So um, I went and did a short biography um, on one of the characters. I went with Jack Klugman um, because he's probably one of the most famous ones in this. Uh, he was born April 27, 1922 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He died December 24, 2012 in Woodland Hills, Los Angeles, California at the age of 90 of prostate cancer. 
Can I just say, man, cancer, it just yeah. takes a lot of people, man. It's, it's but terrible. he did make it to a nice old age. 90. A I lot mean, of people. Right. Like, like, we all hope to make it that far, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and his his movie career and television career was fantastic. So he's known for his television roles in, in The Odd Couple. Yep. And Quincy, he was Quincy, if you remember Quincy. I don't oh, okay. know if you remember that. And some of our listeners will. He was the last surviving juror from the original cast of 12 Angry Men from 1957, and he was juror number five. He considered Henry Fonda, who was in this movie with him, as the greatest actor that he ever worked with. Oh, wow. So that says something about Henry Fonda. Yeah. And here's a couple of quotes um, on the hardships of his life. He said, poverty can teach lessons that privilege cannot. That is very true, which is why, you know, you always get into that conversation when you're talking about uh, particularly uh, children of, like, actors or, you know, uh, famously rich people, right? Um, There's always the conversation of... uh, their kids are going to turn out completely different from them because, you know, a lot of the times, especially with a, a lot of older actors, they came up from nothing uh, with a good chunk of them. And then they made something. Uh, and then, you know, they built their way up. And because of that, uh, you know, they had experiences and their personality was shaped that way where when you're growing up without that adversity, it's like, okay, you get a completely different type of person. You know? Yeah. Um here's what he had to say on smoking. He's like, I saw John Garfield smoke. He was my idol, so I smoked. I even smoked (laughs) like him. The only really stupid thing I ever did in my life was to start smoking. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that by the time towards the end of their life, you know, all the problems that I caused them, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, and I found his salary for 12 Angry Men was... Oh, nice. $3,600. Wow. For the film. So... There you have it. That was Jack Klugman. So, all right, let's dive into the, this movie because there is a lot of stuff in this movie. Uh, this was the directorial debut of Sidney Lumet. Um, this is obviously on the Thousand One Movies You Must See, and I would say probably in the top ten for me that you need. To, I would. You, you know, need absolutely. to watch. Um, this yeah. is like we were talking. And I said, I said, Terrence, I was like, you need to watch this movie. You need to watch this movie. He's like, ah, oh, if I have time, I was like, you need to watch this. I've been on him for a while about it, <laughs> and. To me, this was the one. This this movie right here is why this podcast was formed. Oh, okay. Um, if you remember when we went to pizza the first time, and we was talking with our friend Eric. Yeah. And Eric's like, "Oh, that is a fantastic movie." That's and right. Yeah. Was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen it. And he was like, "Look, it's like, it's you have to watch just, it." Yeah. Yeah. And and I was like, because I was looking through the the top list of movies, and if you have not seen this movie, Terrence, tell him you should see. You it. Have I mean, you should have seen the- it before the episode. As always. No. Wait, did we preface Well, yeah, like three weeks ago. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you just watched it last night, so I can't yeah. give them a hard time, right? <laughs> but uh, this is why this podcast was formed. I, I think this is a fantastic movie. It has great actors, has great story, gets you involved. You it's get, a very forward-thinking film. You get, and, and you get hooked with yeah. the characters. And they're all in one room. <laughs> You're just like, how did I get so emotionally attached to all these characters yeah. in the short amount of time and all and about this one for thing? For a movie that came out in 1957, it's surprisingly forward thinking. Right. Like, and like I told you earlier, I tried to sit down and watch the remake last night. Yeah. And it has Tony Danza, Jack Lemon, um, uh, Ossie Davis. It has, it has some really... Um, the good actors. Right. But once you see the original, I mean, they, they can't hold a candle to this one. Yeah. Even though it may be good. I, I, I gave up with it about 40 minutes in. <laughs> um, this is also on Roger Ebert's uh, greatest movies list. So uh, what you don't, when the, when the, when the, the movie opens, yeah. um, you really don't know what you're in for. 
All you have is this judge who really doesn't want to be there. You can tell the judge because he's like got his hand up like this. Oh, yeah. You guys have been. You've heard the evidence. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's up to your life that you have to come back with unanimous either not guilty or guilty verdict. And you may be forced to send him to the death chamber or electric chair. You know what I mean? I mean, even some of the conversations you catch in the opening as it's it's panning in right before it pans into the courtroom itself. uh, You you catch some like just interesting conversation that really... (laughs) Uh, you still don't know what to expect. You're like, wait, what? what right, what's I going think on? Um, it's like some kooky. If I remember, you know, the, you have the one guy walking in and he passes another one, like, oh, you did really good in there, you know? You yeah, know, exactly. You know, it's like praising the lawyer yeah. that he had, and then you come out there and the, the bailiffs at the outside, like, because there's another yeah. case. So you go into, I think it's two two eight, you know? Yep. And so you see the judge in there, you see the, the lady typing, and and it, it's a strange fact is there's only two ladies in this that I caught. One of them is sitting there doing the the uh, recording or whatever. Yeah. And then at the very end, of the movie, at the very end of the movie, when they're walking out, you see one lady walking down. So, huh. yeah, that's all I caught. So, so basically, you go into this courtroom, you, you see the judge saying all this, and you see the jurors, and uh, you know, you they says, okay, you you guys were dismissed, or whatever. He's like the alternate your excuse. So the two get up and leave. That were the yep. alternate jurors, right? And as they get up, it pans over to the kid at the the table, which I found out. That should have never been because in almost all of the court cases, the defendant is the furthest away from the jury box. That's true. Yep. So in this movie, he was right there. But you I see, think it was probably done that for cinema, uh, cinematographic yeah, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, and you get your and as they're walking out, you know, you get your first look at this kid, and man, he just you just see him. And, um, the first thing that I noticed, number one, is he's not. Um, of North American descent, I guess would be my the right term I would use. Um, he looked more. Uh, what would you say? Uh, I have no idea, to be honest. Like, and he, I think, so and I think, that, it's on and, purpose, and I, I think that's yeah. part of the, the the draw of this movie is you know that he's, you could tell he's poor. That's yeah. one. That's one thing that stood out. You know what I mean? And just his eyes, man. You're like this yeah. kid's scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it draws you to him. So here you go. You go to all this, and you don't know what's going on. You don't know much about the case, you know. Yep. So then they get, and, they and get, even the beginning of the movie is is sort of like them conversating about other things before they even get into the topic at hand, right? Because uh, like you hear it like once, they're like, "Oh, this is easy, guilty. We'll be in and out of here." Right. And we're then, like, we'll be in here. They start and then, talking and then, about you know, the sales. Then, then one guy's uh, like, "Well, he's like, well, let's at least give it an hour, you know, <laughs> like yeah, we actually right. did something." You know what I mean? Um, so we'll, so they go to the jury room and then they lock the door behind them and the one guy's like I didn't know they locked the door <laughs> you know, they always lock the door so before we get too much further let's go ahead through some of this other stuff um, it was nominated for three Oscar they lost all of them to the bridge on the river Kwai in 1957 hmm. uh, it was shot in 365 separate takes wow so and all of the film except for the three minutes was shot inside the jury room um so the, the and it was only shot in three rooms, which we've said was the outside of the courtroom building, yep. the inside, which of the was which would building. be the very beginning and the very end of the movie. Yep. And then walking to the courtroom, you know, and the courtroom, and then the jury room. Yep. So, uh, man, just how much money they saved just on sets? You right. know what I mean? Um, only two of the jurors are ever given their name. Uh, many shots were filmed on their own, and then they were edited and. Um, they had to edit the rain in. Remember when it rains? Oh, yeah. They had to edit the rain in uh, on separate occasions for each one. And then uh, no female characters are in the film except the extras. And the filming, here's here's an f- uh, interesting fact. The filming had to be done in just 21 days. 
I mean, yeah, it's it's all dialogue, so you're, right. you're not doing anything too crazy. Right. Um, because of lighting and one scene uh, was to shut the lights off, they had to set, um, so when they went to shoot the separate scenes, yeah, the lighting had to be the same. So yep. they'd have to go in and set the lights up, you know, to equal the, the lighting at the time. To right. Match the different scenes. Excuse me. So um, basically, the um, so so now we're in the we're in the room. Everybody's getting situated. You know, the old guy goes to the restroom. And he's gone. Oh, for, yeah, yeah, you know, for a one while. guy's. You know, he's, they're like, and it's hot in this court. You know, this room. Yeah, you uh, see him sweating. Sweat. Except the one guy, he's like, don't Except you ever sweat? No, <laughs> you know, I no, don't no. sweat. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, one guy's like, you know, and what something that struck me is they most of them keep their ties on the entire time. And I was like, yeah. man, I would be ripping that thing off you know, immediately. You know, That'd be the first thing I do. Right. Um, <laughs> And then, so, like you can you can tell just like throughout the movie of like you know like pools of sweat just oh, like, yeah. forming on their uh, on their shirts, especially the jury foreman. I yeah. Guess that. Um. So. Uh, so here we are. We're in this room. Finally, we all get to the table. You know, the the old guy comes back from the restroom. So we're all sitting there, and they said, "Okay, well, I think we should just take a vote. See where we're all at. You know, we'll just say." Uh, just raise your hand for guilty, you know, or not guilty. So was uh, who's guilty? And then he starts counting one, two, three, and he going to get yep. you see him skip one, you know. He's like, okay, we have eleven guilty, one not, one guilty. not guilty. And then the one guy's like, are you kidding me? Yep. Really? He's like, he's like, it's. I mean, it's plain as day that that he's guilty. And the guy said, well, he's like, I'm, I'm not really sure. Sure, you know, he's like, this kid's life hangs in our hands. We could at least talk about it. Talk about it. He's like, all I want to do is talk about it. And then that, doesn't he open up with like uh, I know this is shortly after. So like at that point, um, they're like, okay, we need to convince him to give a guilty yeah. verdict. So they were like, we're gonna go around the table and give you, and we'll all give a reason why we think he's wrong right. with his not guilty verdict. And uh, uh, I know he ends up jumping and he's like, he's like, uh, well, here's here's the facts. Yeah. These are the facts. <laughs> and he's like, he's a poor kid, and and. and there is a lot of racial overtone in this movie. Very much so. Um, uh, but I also think it's interesting and very tactful of how they don't actually ever name his ethnicity. So you no. don't know what this sort of... Uh, um, uh, Nationality or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you don't know what it is. So you don't know where... that Prejudice was the word I was right, looking that, for. You don't, you don't know where their prejudices lie. Because they use a lot of, oh man, they and them and... They're like this. And, and you're one of they, them. And, and yeah. you're one of them. And so you never know what they're talking but, about. But you do kind of, you do eventually find out some of it, like, uh, that that he lived in the slums. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that really hits home with one of the jurors, too. Yep. But we'll get to it. So so there they are. They're going around the room. They're spilling their guts out, you know, about why they think. And and uh, so they just, and then the, the one's like, well, yeah, but that knife. He's like, that did it yeah, for me. Yeah. Or whatever. So they said, hey, uh. He's like, there's only one knife like that in the world, or whatever. The guy told me so, or whatever. You know, yep. the, the lawyer. So it's like, hey, well, can we see the knife again? You know, so, so they bring, they in, the bring in the evidence. Knife. And he's like, he's like, look, he's like, this is a switchblade. It's illegal to own. You know, the kid said he it slipped out of his pocket. Now look at the design. Of it. The You'd like, never see that. You'd never see one else. of these again, right? And uh, he's like, well, he's like, I'm just saying. It. He's like, you're telling me that that knife fell out of his pocket on the way to the movies, and somebody picked it up and killed his dad with it. And one thing right off the bat is there was no fingerprints on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Which the, they do mention later. Is that like, because uh, that was one of his counter arguments. He's like, if he's in a panic, what would, like, why would he wipe the, where would he find the time to wipe the blade clean and then run away? Well, not only that, but they also said, 
why wouldn't he take the knife with him? That too, yeah. And um, they said, well, why would he come back? Because they said he came back, remember? Yep. And they're like, why would he come back if there's detectives all over the place? You know what I mean? Right. So uh, that's towards the end of the movie. So, so, they, so they got this knife, right? This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. So they got this knife. Like, it's the only one, you know? They, and so... He's like, it has to be him. That that proves he's guilty. He's like, so you're saying that's the only one, right? So yeah. Henry Fonda stands up. He's like, oh, he's like, you mean this? And you know, the guy, the guy stabs him in the table. He's like, look at it right there. You know, it's got the evidence. Down <laughs> yeah. So Henry Fonda stands up and pulls out one. He's like, look at this. Bam! He sticks it sticks right it on, the on the table. table. And they're and like, oh, it's the up, same one. The, the camera zooms in, and you notice it's the same exact knife. Right. <laughs> and they're like, where did you get that? He's like, well, I went on a. First of all, this was crazy too because. He could get in really big trouble for bringing that kind of evidence and, you know, bringing a knife into the jury. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, he said, oh, I went for a walk last night. When you're in the jury like that, you don't get to leave. You know what I mean? But right. they went. On, he said, I went on a walk in the, in the, in the kid's neighborhood. And he's like, and I went to a pawn shop or whatever. And he's like, boom, I can buy, I found it right there, $6. Yeah. You know and he's I mean? like, there's like 20 of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, huh. So right there, that started getting some people's minds turning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So his first advocate if you will was the guy right next to him the old guy because remember the uh the main antagonist or whatever he was like oh old people they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> yeah, okay so I, I found that really interesting because early on he goes on a tangent about um like young people not respecting their elders he's like i remember i called my father sir what kid do you hear calls their father sir right so he goes on this tangent of how his generation respects the elderly, but then he continues throughout the entire movie disrespecting this old man. Right. Like, and finally, that one guy, I think it's jury number, let's see, five, he oh, said, I've yeah. had enough of you. He said, one more time, he said, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> I was he like, was whoa. Mad. And there was a time it. where he does it. He just got, oh, man, I didn't yeah. mean to say that. <laughs> so, um, so um, basically, the, 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 the what happened is, uh, from what we're piecing together through this story is that the boy's father used to beat him up all the time. Yep. Um, you know, and I think, that, what, 12, 13 years old maybe is what they were saw. Um, and one night, you know, a lady says, uh, a guy says he hears him, says, I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? And he says a second later, yeah. the body hits the floor. And he says that uh, the guy downstairs did or whatever. Yep. And then there's a lady across the street that said that she looked out she the window. She was asleep and she, yeah. uh, she woke up and she, or she was tossing and turning. She looked out the window and an L train came by and she said she watched him come down with a knife uh, and kill him. You know what I mean? And then, which plays a vital role later oh, on in yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. So you, you come to find out it's a murder. So And the kid said, hey, I went to the movies. You know, I left about nine o'clock, or was it nine o'clock, eleven o'clock? He said I didn't get back till three in the morning, and they said that when they police first questioned him, he couldn't remember the name of the movies. He went to yep. see, he couldn't say who was in there, which comes into play later on in the movie yep. as well. And uh, he said, but and the one guy's like, well, he could remember them today. His lawyer's been in there, you know, yeah, exactly. feeding him all this stuff. So uh, before we get too much further, let's go ahead and say this. And you know, the one, the one thing Henry Fonda would say, he'd just say. I just think it's possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time, like his was like, I'm just saying it's possible. He's you know, a, what he's, I mean? like, he's like, I'm not, I'm not saying whether he's guilty or not. I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, I'm just saying anything's possible. Right. You know, it's, it's um, so the um, out of the jury, five of them have been on a Twilight Zone episode. Oh, okay. So I thought that so was that's why some of them look familiar. Right. Uh, Henry Fonda considered one with this uh, one of the best three that he ever made. But he hated the backdrops. He said they looked terrible. <laughs> he said he said Hitch because he worked with Hitchcock. He said he yeah. had great backdrops. He said you could walk right into them. Um, so uh, he he that was from the wrong man from 1956. 
He also wears white. He's like one of the only ones that wears completely white. That's you know, true. Suit as a symbol. Um, here's an interesting: Henry Ford and Reginald Rose. They both deferred their salaries. Really? Yep. Huh. Um, like I said, Henry Fonda bringing in his own knife, let alone having it in the end of the, um, leaving it at the end of the film. Oh yeah, could have landed him in hot water. Um, because the George, if the George, uh, it could be a misconduct to the trial, um, the court, because the judge ordered, said, considered the evidence only. Yep. So I thought that was pretty good. Juror number seven, he looks at his watch 28 total times. <laughs> Juror <laughs> that, number that's four. That's the one who's trying to go to the baseball game, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Juror number four, he was the only one to never take off his jacket. That's the guy that's like, don't you ever sweat? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He's um, very, um, very sort of a, not, I, stoic's not the word I'm looking for. He's just very calculated. He seems like a very calculated man. Yeah, this was the final film for Joseph Sweeney, which was the old guy next uh, okay. to um, uh, the, the Peter uh, Fonda, yeah. or Henry, Henry Fonda. Peter Sorry, Fonda. Peter. <laughs> I think it's his dad. So, um, now... Um, Something that I don't know if you caught, but uh, the jurors' entrance, the you know the jurors' entrance into the jury room is filmed from an overhead shot. Yeah. Okay. The shots become progressively lower and tighter throughout the film. Huh. And uh, until the verdict reached for the closing shot of the jurors leaving the courthouse, they are filmed for a wide overhead angle. Sidney Lumet claimed that the final shot was filmed throughout the widest lens uh, used in the picture, emphasizing the sense of release from the jury room. Huh. So, you know... So, and you feel that. Oh, right. because, like, during the whole movie, you're in this juror room, and it, uh, it just feels so claustrophobic, you know what I mean? Right. And um, especially as it starts lowering, everybody seems, like, huddled together. And, and Sidney Lumet actually locked them guys all in a room. Oh. Because, <laughs> for, for, like, a couple hours, because he wanted to get them, you know, the, ah, you know, yeah. how it would feel. So, I thought that was a really good um, uh, thing to throw in there. So, um Here's a, as part of that. Um, at the beginning of the film, the cameras are positioned eye level, mounted on a wide single lens to give the appearance of a greater distance between the subjects. As the film progresses, the camera slips down to eye level, and then by the end of the film, all the nearly shots are below eye level uh, and and close up with a telephoto lens to increase the encroaching sense of claustrophobia. Yep. So, man. Uh, this film is also commonly used in business schools and workshops to illustrate team dynamics and conflict resolution techniques. Uh, Henry Fonda disliked himself watching or watching himself on film uh, so he did not watch the whole film in the screening room however he, before he walked out he said quietly to director Sidney Lewis Sidney it's magnificent huh. which it really is yeah and as we talked about the ethnic uh, background of a teenage suspect was deliberately left unstated for the purposes of the film the important facts were that he was not of North uh, European ancestry and that prejudice or lack of it from some of the jurors would be a major part of deliberation process which it is I think one, uh, one of my favorite scenes is uh when the guy says he's like he barely speaks English and uh, the and he says and then no, the other guy he don't well, speak English. yeah yeah he's like and he's doesn't. like he doesn't speak English <laughs> and then, like and he gets corrected from a uh, like what what is he a, a Italian that or Russian I, you he, know uh, something he's not Russian uh, first you're not Russian but he, I think he's Italian um, but he, you know because he has a slight accent but it's not heavy but you can tell. Uh, 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 English is probably not his first language, but right. he's the one correcting everybody. And, you know, he, he's a, a very, you know, gentleman, very, uh, um, what do you call it, polite. Because he mentions that, too, um, which was one of the, like, the biggest, like, uh, uh, like ooh, comebacks. Because one guy is like, um, he's like, why are you so polite? And he's like, because that's the, raise I, the, the way I was raised, unlike you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. yeah there's a lot of tension in here. Yeah. You know, they just start getting at each other. So so they call for another vote. And, and you know, uh, 
Henry Fonda's like, look, he's like, I'm just saying it's possible, you know, with the knife, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, let's call for another. He's like, look, he's like, I'm not going to be here holding up you guys. If you guys really don't, he's like, I won't even vote. He's like, if 11 uh, guilty verdicts come back, he's like, I won't hold you back. We'll just call it a day. Yep. He's like, but if anybody votes not guilty, we we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. So they take another vote, right? And guess that's what? The old that's, man that's, votes. That's, yeah, but that's where they do the paper, right? Yep. And and the, the the funny part about this is, you know, he's like guilty, 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 and he's like stands not up, guilty. he's like not guilty. And LG Cobb, you know, the the main immediately bat, yeah, gets into he's the like, kid. Yeah, the, the the guy the next thing he was the slum because he was standing up about. Yep. He's like, ah, he's like it was you, wasn't it? He's like, I know it was you. He's like, you know, you voted, you're one of them, you're from the. the like, oh, you're like, one of those bleeding yeah. hearts, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's like, he's like. I didn't change my vote. <laughs> you know, and then, so then the old guy's like, it was me. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he's like, oh. <laughs> you know? And then he tries to like take it back. Yeah, later on, the like, they're like, it's too late. <laughs> so, right, so then they take like a little break, if I remember right. right? Yeah. Like, five minute break. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, they've got windows open now and they get, this fan will never work. Right? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so they go to the bathroom the and then. Uh, it's super hot. Henry Fonda goes to the bathroom, and then uh, the baseball guy, you know, the yep. guy comes in there, and he's, like, talking about that stuff, you know what I mean? And he's like, well, I don't know what you're trying to prove, blah, blah, you know, and they go on. There's a little scene in the bathroom between yeah. them, and then the other guy walks in, um, and they have a little conversation, so they sit back down. So uh, here they start again, right? So they keep going on and on. So now we go back into some more of the evidence. So they're like... Um, well, there's a guy. They said that he heard the boy say it, and a second later, he hit, he hit the body hit the floor, and that um, he walked and then with a limp. Fifteen seconds later, yeah, he go, he goes to the door, or it, it takes about fifteen seconds for him to get from his room to the door, just in time to see uh, the boy run away. Right. Supposedly. So here's what they do. Right. So he's like, um, he's like, have any of you ever been? Uh, lived near an L train, right? <laughs> he's like, he's like, and could you hear anything? He's like, no. He's like, when you go by, it's almost deafening. So you know they, um, so you're telling me they said that the he's like, well, the windows were open. You know, the one guy's always always yeah. has an answer. Well, the windows open. He's like, you know, his windows open. The the kids upstairs was open. He's like, he said he heard the scream at the top. He's like, I'm gonna kill you. He's like, he, he could have heard that. He's like, okay, even if he could. Uh, one guy goes, well, do you have the design layout, you know, of the apartment the guy was in? And they did, yeah. They did. So they brought it in, right? So they're sitting there, and he's like, okay, it takes – he's like, so I'm not sure he had time to go to the door and see him because, you know, he said he walks with the lip. So he starts dragging his, you know, yep. Henry finally he's like, I want you to time me. He's like, anybody got to watch with the second hand roll. So he's like, I do. So they're up there timing him. So he stands up, you know, and he starts dragging that leg, yep. you know, and they're counting. Or he's timing. Move faster. Right. Yeah, he's like, move yeah. faster. He's like, I'll move faster if you want me to. So he's moving faster. You know, he goes to the where the window or whatever. And then he walks back and he's like, lock, you know, unlocks the door yep. or whatever. And he's like, time. And he's like, 41 seconds. So right there, they're like, but the guy only said it took 15 seconds. And the one guy, man, he's just blown up. If it doesn't matter, he said he's heard the kid. He heard I like the, the, the contradictions that happen with, you know, his statements that he says. And then he ends up contradicting himself. I mean, one of them being like, uh, he goes, uh, he's all for that old man's testimony, right? And then later on, when they're continuing talking about it, he's all like, well, he's an old man. He wouldn't know. And then he pauses right. for a moment. He's like, wait a minute. And then another uh, uh, part where um, he's talking about... Uh, oh, man, that was on the tip of my tongue. I was going to bring it up. Let's continue and it'll come okay. back to me. <laughs> so, so finally, so um, they call for another vote, right? Yeah. So now... We've we've gained another juror, and I can't remember exactly which one it is. So we we've gained three, and then yeah. then um, 
He's like, you guys got to be kidding me. This, uh, you know, slum, blah, blah. And then the guy next to him is like, well, I'll change my vote too. So now, yeah. now, we're like, now we're like eight to four. And then so, it starts sh- slowly shifting. Shifting, yeah. right. So he's like, oh, you guys. He's like, you guys, you know, bleeding hearts, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's guilty. You know, the, 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 he's putting delusions in your head and then, the evidence. In the meantime, you have the other guy who's also up in arms about it. Oh, yeah. yeah, the yeah other. Uh, like, he always has something to follow up with, usually when the first guy And he always had a cold, right? He's the guy with the cold. And then he's like... Uh, and he's like, "Well, you know how they are. They're they're uh, they're born to tell lies. Yeah. And they're like, they they don't have the truth instilled in them like we do. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and one guy was like, well, uh, who's to say? You know? Right. Um. So then we come to the the knife again. So the they said one thing that's been bothering me. You know, the German one, I think it is. Yeah. He's like, one thing that's been bothering me, you know, the little the little pitchfork. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the knife. Too. Yeah, yeah. He like he said it was, he said it came down with a downward motion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the main antagonist, he's like, somebody stand up. <laughs> he's like, oh that yeah, knife. yeah, yeah. So Henry uh, Henry Fonda walks over and he's already stabbed. He's like, oh yeah, yep. do you know? So he has the knife in his hand, dude. and you can tell he just wants to stab the guy. You know? <laughs> so he's like, he's like, make yourself shorter. He's like, so so he said, maybe a little shorter. He's like, oh, I make myself a little shorter. So he, he goes back like this. are like, whoa, you know, like yeah, he right. thought he was going to kill him. So he's like, he's like, nobody's hurt, right? And he's like, yeah, nobody's hurt, you know. He's, but but he says, so he came down, you know, right here where they said that the person seen him. Yep. Well, the guy that was from the slum, Jack Klugman's uh, juror four, I think. Um, he said, look, he said, this is a switchblade. He said, I've had him my whole life. He's like, anybody that's ever been in a fight. Yeah, he's like, I've seen he's like, plenty of fights. Nobody uh, is, is going to flip it and flip it in their hand. He's like, it takes too much time. He said, you flip it open and you stab up. That's the design. Right. Of it. He's yeah. like, that's the design. He's like, so there's no way that anybody that's in a fight, even a prof- you know, a, a person that uses them all the time, is yep. going to take the time to switch hands and stab somebody coming down. And this really gets the other guy. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. He's oh, like, yeah. the guy said he's seen him coming out, you know. Right. So that sways another vote, you know. So now we're like seven to five, whatever, seven, um, six to six, whatever. So now here comes the – so by this time, so we get to the, uh, the lady. So um, there's a, a, the scene where um, – Oh yeah, her account. Of her account yep. said that the she said she was in bed, said she was tossing and turning, said she got up, looked out the window, there was an L train. He's like, How long does it take an L train to pass? And they're like, 10, 15 seconds. And one guy's like, I think it'll take ten, you know. So yeah. So he's like so the guy said that he heard uh, heard the I'm gonna kill you, hit the body, hit the floor. He's like, so basically all this took place within 10 seconds. Or so the lady says she's seen it because it was an empty rail car going back to be worked on or whatever. Yeah. And that it was proven in court that you could see through a to the apartment. Right. Train. Yeah. Right. Well, if it's empty. So um, and that's the one. The one guy's like, yeah, this is this is this is, you know, the, the even even the, the main guy said, you know, the bad guy said he's like, yeah, he's like, that is this is the only one that matters. You yeah. know, it's an eye. This is all that matters. Witness. It's an eyewitness account. Right. So Throw you know, all the other stuff the, out. The one guy, you know, the 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 guy that never sweats, you know, he said, yeah. you know, and he, he there's a scenery, you know, he he takes off his glasses, you know, he starts rubbing, you know, oh, right on yeah. his head. And uh the old guy's like, Hey, he's like, um Why are you rubbing there? Why are you rubbing? why are you rubbing? He's like, Oh, he's like it's just you know, I'm hurting. He's like those little uh those little holes on the side of your nose. He's like Yeah. He's so like those he's marks on the side of your like, nose. Those come from uh 
glasses. The glasses? Yeah. He's like, By the way, that was the other contradiction, not the glasses. But um, when he overhears the, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, how could the kid not say that without the actual intent to kill him? And then that's when uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the main character is like, well, we say it thousands of times a day without realizing it. And we don't mean it. And then later on in the movie. I could kill you. I'll kill you. He's like, he, like, he's, you he's like going after like what's his face. He's like, yeah. oh, I'll kill you. And he's like, he's you, like don't you don't really, really mean, mean that. <laughs> I love it. It's such a, my son, he's 17. And he was just, he's like, man, this is a really good movie. You know, he's still never seen the beginning because he'll be doing something. Then he looks yeah. up and then he gets involved in it. So, um, but man, it is a great movie. So, so we're at the eyeglass. The, the lady says, to me. "So he's rubbing his, he's rubbing his eyes." And 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 the old guy's like, "Huh?" He's like, "You know." He's like, um, "Something else that we need to talk about is the the uh, the old guy with the the leg." Um, they said that nobody's ever cared about him you know this is the first time that oh, he's been yeah, in the limelight that, that's right um you know that, you that tell, was one of the reasons you could tell by the tatters was... in his jacket and all that and that's one of the reasons that he he's he's going to be somebody now he's yeah he's famous the same thing with the lady uh they said that did you notice that she had her, all her makeup done her hair up yeah. and all that uh, stuff they were saying um you know uh, women to look younger uh and try to look you know uh gorgeous i think yeah they said she's 45 they yeah, yeah, tried yeah. to look 35 or something you know? look gorgeous uh you know, not wearing glasses is one of the aspects of not looking younger. Right. But that's when they realize she does wear glasses because she had those marks on her nose, right? And she was rubbing her nose the same right. Exact so, way. so during the courtroom, the guy's like, "Hey, the older guy, you know, the first one that became a not guilty verdict with the main guy, he's like, hey, uh, she had those marks on her nose too, and." And the one goes, so what? They could have been from sunglasses. They could have been from eyeglasses. He's like, he's like, could any of those things, could those marks on her nose been from anything else but from glasses? And the one guy's like, you know, he's like, I'm convinced. He's like, no. And he's like, huh. He's like, but she's seen him. She's seen him out the window. He's like, do you wear your glasses to bed? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Because like, she said no she was tossing. No one who wears, right. glasses wears glasses She said she to was bed. tossing and turning in the bed. And as she looked out the window, he got up, heard the thing, looked out the window and seen it. And he said, how, how can, he's like, how, how can you be sure what she saw? She said, she probably just seen blobs over, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's all a blur. It's all a blur. Um, I so like the, the old guy. He was like, uh, he's like, I wouldn't know. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was funny. Uh, Joseph Sweeney. I think yeah, was. yeah. But, uh, so, you know, when, so, so the eyeglass, so the one guy's like, uh, so is it possible? He's like, he's like, I'm convinced and not guilty. You know. What I mean? Yeah, exactly. So now we're just down to the. Uh, uh, I think the the before we go, I think before this, the uh, older older guy. Yeah, the prejudice one. Yeah, he 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 started to have a meltdown. You know what I mean? He's he like, had a complete tangent. Right. So what that. happens is he just starts bashing the slums. You know those people. These he just people. he's like he starts going off and he's like. You know how they are. They, they they'll kill. They don't care about human life. They'll just kill anybody, and it doesn't matter to them. And so he you starts going right. off so, and so off, you, and everybody starts, starts slowly getting up. So you see one person get up and just turn their back to him. Yep. And then you see another person get up and turn their back to him. And you he's know. like, "Hey, sit back down. Pay attention." Right. Like, and you know what was even interesting to me as I was watching, even even the uh, the main antagonist couldn't take it. He got up prejudice. and walked away. Yeah. The only one that was sitting there. Was the guy with the glasses, you know, with the coat on? He's sitting there, and he's like, uh, and I think maybe the, yeah, yeah, I think he's the only one left. Yeah, and he's like, uh, oh, what are you guys listen to me? He's like, I have listened to you. 
No, sit, sit down. down. And don't say <laughs> anything yeah. else. And shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, by this point, you know, the guy, man, he just breaks down. He just goes yeah. sits at that other little well, he, desk. He realizes, he yeah, he just realizes. Uh, Maybe I brought like my himself. Like, and, and he realizes he's prejudiced because everybody's just against him at this point. At least him in particular as a person. So then he sits down and he kind of just thinks about it. And there's this pause and he just goes, not guilty. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, but I don't even think he says not guilty yet. I think that's when they're going around oh, the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's after right. the glasses, that's thing, right. And then they go around, and he's like, "What about you?" He's like, "Not guilty, not guilty, not." You know, and, they, and, and the guys go around, and, like, and then uh, they come guilty. to him. And he's like, "What about you?" He's like, "Not guilty." Yeah. You know? And then that's when he asks the one guy with the glasses, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm positive." He's like, "Not yeah. guilty." So now you're down to the the last guy, yep. right? So the guy that's been just oh, he stands thoroughly yeah. unconvinced. He's like, "What is wrong with you?" This guy basically brings delusions of grandeur. Case, yeah. he's warping your minds. He's like, "The old guy heard it, heard him scream, heard him." He's like, "And the the kid couldn't remember the movies." So that's another part that we skipped over. Was he's like you? He's like um, he's like I can remember anything I went to see. So he's like, "Well, what, oh, did, what yeah. did you do yesterday?" He's like, well, I had dinner about six o'clock. He's like, and the day before, he's like, well, you know, I, uh, I went out with my wife or whatever. He's like, and the day before that, he's like, uh, I went to go see a movie. He's like, well, yeah. well, what'd you go see? He's like, well, I seen. He names off the, the movie, first right? one he right. named right away. He's like, well, he's like, what was the second? The double feature. He's like, the uh, the incredible something, something something. But he gets the title, and wrong. the one's like, ah, it's the amazing. You know and what I mean? And then furthermore, he gets like an actor, actor actress right. wrong. And, uh, and that's when they realize, and he's like, and you were in a calm scenario. You weren't under, like, distress, duress or distress. Right. Yeah. And then he just, you actually, in that scene, like, at that part, you can see, like, just a sweat bead yeah. roll down his, because <laughs> he doesn't sweat, which was interesting. So that's when you finally, like, when he, he's questioning him, you finally see the sweat bead come down his face. And uh, uh, that's when he's like, uh, and you were calm. But you can tell that even just being with those questions, he was kind of a little bit under stress trying to answer them. And uh, that's just proving that, like, this kid was just in the he's like uh how he said it he's like he's in the living room and his father's body is in the kitchen of course he's not going to remember the movies right right uh so now we're down like i said we're down to the last year right i mean there's so much stuff in this movie we've skipped some stuff you know what i mean because i don't want to give it all away because you need to watch it but uh so we get to the 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 the, the one guy the last loan out he's like it was funny it was 11 to 1 guilty not guilty now it's 11, not guilty, one guilty, right? Yeah. He's like, I don't care. He's like, we'll go out there. We'll tell him it's a hung jury, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, look at the evidence, whatever. And, you know, it comes to the point where he just throws the wallet down on the ground or on the table and yep. out spills a picture of his son. Him and, and his son, yeah. And what you come to find out through the movie is that him and his son didn't have the best of relationships because exactly. he, it was, um, I, I, I think he fisted with his son a couple times. Yeah. And, you know, I think there was one final fight that they had, where, and then after that he didn't see him. Right, because he was like, I, uh, you know, I laid my hands on him, you know, yeah. and, and well, I, uh, uh, tough love, I think. Exactly. He, he, was like, he was like, he's like, I, I gave my boy tough love. And then finally, um, one day, because uh, he was telling him, like, how to, you know, uh, finish his fights and whatever, all that other stuff. And um, then he finally says, then he finally, we finally had a fight. And that was the last time I saw him. And he's like, I haven't seen him for like four years or something like that. Right. Yeah. So he, he, so, he, it's clear that he doesn't have a good relationship with his son. And you can actually sense a bit of regret. But see, he, he doesn't see it right away. So when he throws it down, you know, he's yeah. still going on his rah, rah, And then he just looks down and, and they're all just looking at him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're all just looking well, at him. First, first, like, as, he's, as he's, he's like all angry and mad and he tears up the picture. Yeah, he's like, ah, and throws it down. 
And then, and then he realizes, like, just everything. Yeah, like, like maybe uh, I'm taking out uh, things with my son on this kid because yeah. I didn't have the relationship with my son, you know what I mean, that this kid, may have, yep. you know what I mean. Or basically we were the same, he was in the same relationship with his son that I was in with my son, and this kid just did something about it instead yeah. of not talking to his dad ever again. So we come down to it, he's like, not guilty, not guilty, no yeah. surprise. So, um so basically, like, okay, so the foreman's like, okay, we'll go tell him. So, you know, he knocks on the door, and you see him start getting their coats and leave yep. them one by one. And the last two to leave is that guy and the guy, first guy that said, not guilty, Henry Fonda. You know, and he helps him get his jacket, puts it on, and they yep. walk out. So you see him walking out, and uh, basically uh, Henry Fonda's walking out, you know, and uh, one guy, the old guy comes up to him. He's like, hey, uh, what's your name? You know, and he oh, tells yeah, me his name. Yeah. Like, uh, he's like, oh, I'm McCraddle or whatever, and they just walk off. And that, that was it. And you're like, and then you, if you if you watched closely, the last guy walking down the stairs slowly was the the main uh, protagonist of the movie. Oh, that's okay. something I call it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, all right, Terrence. So that is um, Twelve Angry Men. So let's go ahead and hear your thoughts on it. It's a great movie. Everybody should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. So Are you, one I, thing that I, did surprise me, as I've said before, uh, f- from. A movie that's in 1957 it was very forward-thinking. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I found it interesting that it it tackled sort of uh, lots of things, but one of them being uh, uh, people with these underlying prejudices about people and tackling that in a way that doesn't target anyone. So it's not like we're talking about a particular situation and we're just talking about overall prejudice by just saying they, them, and never explaining what the kid is or what his ethnicity is, right? And I thought that was very interesting, tactful, brilliant. Um, It's just really good writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's to sit through this movie and it's all just in the juror room, but like the dialogue they have between each other, all the different personalities that either come together or clash, uh, it's and then come together in the end. Uh, Very good movie. Very good movie. Right. Um, One thing for me is the way it was shot. um, It was shot perfectly. Like just the different camera angles. um, Like we talked about the different, how it started off up here above everybody and then it started lowering it. And you get the sense of claustrophobia, man. You know what I mean? When they all just, you know. You get get, uh, little details too. Like I was saying in that one scene where the dude finally does break a sweat a little bit. Uh, during the questioning, um, just the pools of sweat building up on them as they're in this hot room uh, for longer, because uh, you can see more and more that you know everybody's getting like real sweaty. Um, even two of the gentlemen had like handkerchiefs that they were constantly like wiping down their face. Right, they did get the fan to work when. Remember when the they did uh, after power they, goes they out, found the rain out. It started raining, and the the and the power it got dark. No, yeah. they got dark. And they flipped outside, the light on. And they flipped the light and the on. Fan and the fan was the fan <laughs> Yes, so. Um, the cast of actors in this amazing. Um, this movie actually made me care about characters in 90 minutes than I've seen some movies that are two and three movies long that, you know, sequels that yeah. I don't care about. You know what I mean? I this movie that. in 90 minutes told more of a story than those, that, that, that trilogy, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you really, um, you really feel for some of the characters too, because, um, the prejudice and um, racial overtone, you know what I mean? Uh, it's sad to say, but some of that still survives today. Yeah. And I think for a movie shot in 1957, to say that some of these are still being held on to today, you yep. know what I mean? You can see it. But the way they get there is 
amazing. I, I also like uh, there was another quote from the the uh, like I said I believe he's Italian. Um, when you have the the baseball fan um, who's just like ah not guilty, and he's like why is are you saying not guilty? He's like well I, I'm just tired of all this chit chat, and he's like that's not a reason to right. say not guilty. He's like pick guilty. You're just swaying back and forth guilty not guilty. Like choose one. And, and tell like, us why. why, because you know this this is important. Because I think he, he's like that's not important. He's like it is important. He's like I don't need to tell you guys. He's like you do now. Why? Right. Uh, and I thought that was very interesting because I mean these are some serious things that everybody needs to take seriously, and then they actually tackle that too. Um, so just so many great. So 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 do you scenes. think the kid was guilty or innocent? In that in, in that instance, I'd say not guilty. Uh, I'm going to say there is reasonable doubt. They they plan a reasonable doubt, and that's all you have to have in a court yeah, of law, right? Exactly. I mean, the, just from the little bits and pieces that you caught, exactly reasonable doubt. But the movie, you know, it has crept up into probably my top ten favorite movies of all time, just because. Oh yeah, it's so well done. It really I can't is. believe it took me all the time I've been here, you know, watching movies that I that when I went to one, I was like, because you you look at the top one hundred list, and it's it's up there, you know. Yeah, um, and I was like. Well, this twelve bigger men. This sounds interesting. I didn't really even know what it was. I just like twelve bigger <laughs> men. This is gonna be a shoot 'em up or something. You know what I mean? Right. And I started watching. I was like, what if I got myself into it? And then you start getting involved, and I just couldn't look away. And I was just like, whoa. You know, it's like mean? you were saying in the beginning. You really don't know what you're getting into, and even because I mean, like you, you got the entrance to the court scene, and you have these random conversations. You get into the court, you see a bored judge. The judge is and so bored. Like, it's like he just kind of like throws some information out there, and he's like, yeah. And by the way, if you guys decide on guilty, uh, it, it'll be the death penalty for this because. <laughs> It's first-degree murder, Uh, so yeah, go do your thing. And then even when they first get inside, they don't tackle it. Old man goes to the bathroom. Everybody's just chit-chatting, so you don't know what you're in for at all. And And then once it finally gets into it, and then I I really think the movie really grabs you and captures you the moment everybody's at the table and that one guy is, you know, uh, uh, Henry Fonda is like, not guilty. Well, for for me, it even is even before that. It's when they show the kid. That's true. I mean, yeah. you, you get the look at the, them eyes. You know, he's just like, he's, you could tell the genuine, he's genuinely scared for his, you know, it's yeah. his life on the line. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, you know, maybe who's to say that he, he could have done it, but um, if he didn't do it and they're getting ready to put you to death for it, you know, exactly. you're going to be scared. Yeah. And just to see him, you know, you know, you could tell even in the jury box, you know, the, the guys are just sitting there, you know, fanning themselves yep. and like the, they didn't even want to be there, you know, some of them. So, good movie. I recommend this to anybody. If you don't have anything to do this Saturday night, rent this, buy this. Check it out. Fantastic. 20 stars if I give it 20 stars. <laughs> a 40 out of 10. You know what I mean? Just fantastic movie. So, um, well, I think we're going to close that that segment up. Uh, so, hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're tossing around some ideas what our next movie is going to be. We think it's going to be a Western. We're deciding whether it's Tombstone or Stagecoach or yeah. you know, John Wayne movie, something like that. So um, we'll put it out on social media. We might have something planned for this Saturday night. It's going to depend we'll if see what all happens. the works can happen. Yeah. Um, we do. We we really trying to get the Star Trek First Contact episode done for our Australian listener, Patricia. Um, we know you've been waiting a long time, but we have one guy that we really want to be here with us. For yeah, this he's, he's a big it's Trekkie. It's a friend of ours who's a huge Trekkie. Um, it'll give him someone to bounce off of because I am not a Trekkie. Um, 
And then it's not it's not anything uh, against the series. I've just never sat down and like, watched right. it all. Yeah, exactly. So I got to make sure Terrence watches. I've, t- I've also given him a couple of episodes he needs to yep. check out before we go into this. So I, I'm pretty sure by the end of it they'll uh, try to attempt to make me a trekkie. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so that's some stuff to look forward to. Um, um, we are working on our Universal Studio. Or I said that the whole. I said that the whole entire last episode. You know, Universal, Prince of Egypt, Studios. Universal Studios, the Universal Monsters. Um, <laughs> so I've got a few more notes to write on that. Um, so uh, stay tuned. Um, if you'd like to join our Facebook group, the Tragedy of Cinema Podcast group on Facebook. Uh, we're join on us. Twitter. Join us or die. <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um, you know all the good stuff. So, um, if then, you'd like to leave us a review, yes, please do. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, even if you're overseas or in another country, I've got some contacts. Um, like Natalie said, she'll look at the ones over in England for us, yeah, and Wells and all that. And then Patricia said she'll keep an eye on the ones in Australia for us. So, yep. um, if you're in another country and they send me those, I will read those on the air. Um, if you have any questions, like love last last episode, you missed it, Terrence. We had a question come in. Oh, okay. It was when was the first green screen used? Ooh. Yeah, so I, I did a little research, and um, it was actually a blue screen, since you haven't listened to the episode yet, I'm sure. Yeah. It was actually a blue screen, um, because it, the celluloid film that it was shot on would come up better. Yeah. Uh, today, it's more digitally, so they so use the green screen. But the first time that I could find was the um, movie, I think it was called The Thief of Baghdad in 1940. Oh, wow. Where a genie came out of a bottle or something. <laughs> so that was the answer to that short So If you want to hear the rest of it, it's, it's on the previous uh, episode. So, once again, thanks for listening to us. Another uh, shout-out to Natalie Knight, our artist, for <laughs> our, uh, our our new uh, cover oh, for yeah. our podcast. Um, we're, we were both ecstatic at the whole, the whole well, process like of I it all. like I told you, haven't yeah. listened to it. I was like, I, when, <laughs> when I did my interview with her, I said, you know, she sent me just the drawings. You know, I said, it looked like a comic book, you know, like the sketches. Yeah. And then she sent me that one, and I thought I, I told you, I said, I told Terrence I thought it was done. I was like, that's how good it looks. She's like, oh, I'm just fooling around. You know, and I was like, what? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then she came out with it. It was like, wow. And then each process just blew us away. We are looking at putting it on shirts. Um, I want it to be, you know, in the shirt. I don't want it to be that... Uh, like sticker thing that'll melt in the dryer. You know oh I mean? yeah. So I'm looking at a couple of things, uh, different options uh, to put that on some memorabilia, like coffee cups, uh, shower curtain, <laughs> you know, just different stuff. So um, there's a lot of different stuff um, that we're looking at so, to put that on. So hopefully it all goes well. We'll see where it happens. So I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And, and cut. cut.